Blog Talk Radio. I am your host, Raina Starr. Welcome to it. Desperate House Witches is not a GPG or even an R-rated show. So, if bad language, bodily function, dirty talk of any kind might upset you, this may not be the show for you, but you know it is because that's why you tune into this thing. Desperate House Witches is brought to you by the amazingly wicked one, Dorothy Morrison's WickedWitchStudios.com. Check it out. The 2022 Blessing Balls are going like hotcakes, and you know what your Auntie Raina always tells you, balls are better in pairs. Get those ornaments while they're available. That's wickedwitchstudios.com. Check out the social media page for a link to these blessing balls. I am so, so excited about tonight's guest. I am kind of beside myself. Um, (laughs) uh, so my guest tonight is the owner of the Sojourner Whole Earth Provisions in Greenville, North Carolina. Yay, North Carolina! And is Witch on Fire. <laughs> Writer at Pathios Pagan, Witch on Fire is her blog. But the reason why she is on tonight is the release of now already in its second printing. Are you kidding? It just got released. The name of the book is Elemental Witchcraft, A Guide to Living a Magical Life Through the Elements, the Pentacle Path. My guest is Karen Michelle. Hello. Hello, Raina. Thanks for having me on your show. Oh, my gosh. Thank you so much for being on. I do have to say, when I first found out that you were writing a book, I was super excited because I have always looked up to you as somebody who is very thoughtful and very serious about the craft. Mm. And when I got to read this book, I was so lucky to get a copy of this book. I am very old. I am 60 years old. I have been practicing witchcraft for the better part of 45 years. And we were, a lot of us of, of my generation were issued big blue, kind of like when we first became witches, you got steered towards, there were very few books, and big blue was one of the few yeah. books we had at the time. So when I got a hold of this book, I thought, okay, I read a lot of books that are written for folks who are just starting out. A lot of folks write books, you know, that were the book they wish they had had. Um, as much as I love Big Blue, I must brag upon this book for a number of reasons. Number one, in the old days, people who were handing down witchcraft, there was a certain amount of information it was assumed that the new practitioner already had. And a lot of the information mm-hmm. came across as very dry and very textbook. And you know, it was it was a lot more of a studious thing. There wasn't a lot of emotion behind it. When I got my hands mm-hmm. on this book, it was like somebody took a big book, put arms in it, and hugged you with it. That is Aww. this book. If you beautiful welcome into the craft, if you want... The, the parts of, uh, and I listen, I, Big Blue is, is huge in my house. I actually have four copies of it for different reasons. Mm-hmm. Um, this book, this is the book that me now at 60 can hold up and say, this is all everything soup to nuts, start to finish, continuing education, young users, older users, any users, any practitioners, 
this book has it all. I, it is beautiful. It is a work of art. I don't know how you're going to follow it up. I hope you do. Um, <laughs> this book has been huge in my family already. It has been huge in my life. Everything I thought about you from the moment I met you at Mystic South back mm-hmm. years ago is this book has it is you on paper and what a beautiful person you are. Thank you so much for this book. Thank you for making me blush and get weepy over here. Thank you. You've been you touched me so dearly and thank you for agreeing to read that advanced copy and blurb it for me. Your when you sent me back your your blurb about died being con- Compared to the big blue, oh my goodness, I might have had a an existential crisis of of imposter syndrome just right there. But you know, I, big blue was the first book I was given too. The first time I met an actual coven and an actual priesthood. Um, sure. That sure. was the book they gave me yeah. for their their coven. This was this is a coven I sought with in Charlotte years ago. I didn't get very far with them. I ended up moving before I could, but. Yeah, that's a big deal, and yeah. so I'm very grateful to you for for everything. Thank you. Oh, you are, I mean, I can't even tell you. I, and for folks who have never met Karen Michelle, she is so smart and so <laughs> giving and generous of spirit. It's so true. Don't even laugh at me. Your mm-hmm. your Your kindness is legendary. However... I want to caution people, this is a sweet person, this is a giving person, do not take advantage of this person, okay, because <laughs> she is the epitome of, I will get down and, and dirty in the mud and scrap with you if I have to. This woman is, doesn't run from a fight, you are an activist, you are an uh-huh. icon, I'm telling you, you are a person that I am proud to have members of my family look up to and want to emulate because you live the path. You don't just write about it. You don't just talk about it. You are an active member of activism, and I have so much, so much respect for you. And I just appreciate that you said said yes to my dumb little ass and said, okay, I'll be on your show. (laughs) Like I said, you were the... You were the first person to ask me and made me feel like a rock star like seven months ago. It was so nice of you. Thank you. I'm new to all this. Oh, no. This I know, but you're amazing business. at it. Thank but, you. But you're really not because you are out there doing these things. You are out there with activism. You are a public person. You have been writing and writing and writing. I mean, which on fire is a very well-known mm-hmm. part of Pathios Pagan. You know, you didn't just come out of nowhere. It's just that this right. book, you know, it, it's this book is huge. I'm not going to lie. You can it's hurt enormous. somebody if you hit them with this. <laughs> it's enormous. <laughs> but, but, this is, but this is the thing about it. With all of that writing is all of this beautiful information and the way it's presented is so inviting and welcoming um i don't think you left anything out you have covered you know it is the modern version when i say it's the modern version of big blue fight me buy this book Mm -hmm. and come tell me how right i am for real this is the reason why this book sold out uh and 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 is in its second printing in how many days when was this released um i we got our first copies at the store, and they were the advanced rush copies on December 9th. So, okay, today's the 17th. Yeah, that's not a lot. <laughs> yeah. So obviously, I'm very pleased so far with the, with the response. I would hope so. I mean, I think this is like every writer's dream is to like have the have their book be the ultimate book. And I read a lot, obviously, because I do this. I do. I do a show, like at least once or twice a week. So I mean, I do go through a lot of books. 
And, you know, mm-hmm. while I love all of the authors that I have on, a lot of authors don't make it on, <laughs> as we were talking mm-hmm. about earlier. But this book I was so excited to get. But for folks who don't know about you, I this is not just my turn to, like, just gush all over you, although I could. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> but I also want to to learn more about you. So tell us how you got on your path and, and your influences and and how you came to write this amazing book. Okay. Well, it's um it's pretty much the story shared by many um witches who came to the path in the nineties. Uh I was a senior in high school in nineteen ninety two and uh it was that spring I believe when I finally found out for the first time that Wiccans were real and modern and around me, I met my first Wiccan priest at a little Renaissance fair kind of thing. And it was such a shock to even know that it was real because I was raised in the Southern Baptist and then increasingly more fundamentalist sort of evangelical church of God kind of madness of South Carolina with my mother mm-hmm. uh, you, you know from the south for the people who know there was heritage usa the jim and tammy baker like theme park remember that back in the 80s yep that's basically where i was or raised. Do. oh boy wow. when they went down yeah it was a big deal mm-hmm. so that's the that's where i came from and also i had the the benefit of uh three years living in Jeddah, saudi arabia with my family uh, from the fourth through the sixth wow. grade, yeah, and that's uh-huh. only thirty minutes from Mecca, by the way. So I have had a, a diverse experience growing up, despite being from Taylor, South Carolina. Uh, then I went to a, a special high school in that town, Greenville, South Carolina, called the Fine Arts Center, and I went for creative writing. So that's an influence. Wow. I was a poet. Uh, I considered myself a poet, and I trained in that, but. I, I really am not much of a writing of poetry person now, but because at about 17 or 18, I had this sort of spiritual epiphany, and all of a sudden it occurred to me that everything in the world was poetry. Everything was correlation. Yeah. Everything was poetry. It was layers and layers of meaning that correlate into this beautiful kaleidoscope of sort of an artistic view of the world. And I, I turned my attention from writing, which is why I went to school for writing, and changed over to a religion and anthropology focus. I'm like, oh, look at all this beauty and poetry and correlation. And around the same time, that senior year of high school, right before I went off to college, I met that first Wiccan priest, and he put into my hands several of the the classics, you know, Spiral Dance. The 10th anniversary edition of uh, Starhawk Spiral Dance had just come out, as well as Margot Adler's uh, Drawing Down the Moon. And then I went off yep. to school, Marlboro College in Vermont, and met some more witches and got a few more things like the Ferrars Witches Bible and some other things borrowed. And that really kicked off yep. my, my journey. So by the time I was 19 and coming back home to South Carolina from that one year I spent in Vermont, I considered myself a pagan. I definitely identified with the goddess um, and God in balance of inherent in nature ideas Mm -hmm. and I don't know then then I just sort of wandered away from actually pursuing it for a little while because I got into my degree program and went on to become a designer I'm actually my my credentials and my original uh, profession were in interior design I worked in commercial architecture and built hospitals (laughs) so I did that for a while I kind of lost very interesting I know. I got married yeah, too that's young and then went down to Houston, Texas and designed hospitals and institutions and focused on sustainability and uh, universal design. So that's what, that's a big influence to me. The world yeah. should all be accessible and universally for everyone. Yes. Definitely kind of, yes. you know, I had an environmental focus even in that. But anyway, when I was 28 and I was um, in childbirth with my, my first baby, my daughter, yeah. I, uh, I had a religious experience. That was a spiritual experience, a burning bush moment. Labor was long and painful, yep. and I wanted a natural childbirth, and I labored at home for a long time. When I finally went to yep. the hospital, they told me that I was, after 18 hours of labor, they told me I was in false labor. 
And I freaked out, so they gave me some sort of little something that supposedly makes your mind check out. It wasn't a pain medication. It was basically to make me stop freaking out about it. Yeah. They called it Twilight Sleep. I don't remember the medication. Anyway, and then they sent me home, and it was a visionary experience from that point on. And I had this long vision of the goddess guiding me down this long, dark tunnel towards this bright light. And and I was progressing through labor while I was walking with her down this hallway. And then... um Mm-hmm. I got right up where I could look at her right in the eyes, and it was just this connection moment, and she threw open the edges of this tunnel until it was just this, come on into this bright room. And she looked at me, and she turned sideways, and she gestured her hand into the light, and she said, you're ready, come on in. I'm going to cry talking about it. And then I come to, like, full awareness and realize I'm about to have a baby. And I end up at the hospital, you know, after a crazy mad dash again, and... They get me all set up, and they're like, okay, it's time to push. And then the vision kicked back in again, and the goddess herself, in my mind, was holding my left side, and I look to my right, and I know it's a nurse, one of the nurses. And my husband's on one side, my ex-husband. But anyway, in my mind's eye, I was on this plane, this astral plane. The whole rest of the room went away. Mm -hmm. I'm on this plane, and the goddess is holding my left, and this other woman is holding my right. And I'm like, I don't know if I can do it. And she says, look to your left. This is all your mothers. Look to your right. These are all your children. These are all your daughters. And I look, and the woman holding my right side is supposedly the daughter I'm about to give birth to. And I'm like, oh, I will. And she says, if they can do it, you can do it. And I'm telling you, it was like lightning struck me. Lightning struck. It was just, it was like this, you know, like a kundalini rising, but it was like the lightning strike from above all the way down to the earth and then returning again. And um, it was the most powerful thing I've ever experienced. It blasted me wide open. And, and I'm, I gave birth to that baby mm-hmm. in like four pushes, like an animal. It was amazing, uh-huh. most ec- ecstatic thing I've ever done, the most blissed out thing I've ever done. And I, I just think so that is so perfect. That The fact that you were able to do that, because how close – are we to the goddess when we are in the midst of bringing mm-hmm. life in? She Absolutely. Did. So, or just, depending on what you believe. But I find that mm-hmm. to be so relatable and so incredible. And what a magical, mm-hmm. magical thing have happened at that moment. So it was, kind of like a double birth it was a baby being was. born and you born into your path i was and, being born oh how beautiful yes and that was That's right at incredible. the beginning of my saturn return that was at the beginning of my saturn return i was 28 and from that moment on mm-hmm. i was like my spiritual purpose i must find my way into proper witchcraft like it wasn't enough that I just read the books and I consider myself this witchy person but I don't really do anything about it you know it's like I was scared to hold my own rituals or whatever as if I'm not qualified and that's crazy Mm -hmm. but I'd read the books you know and I was like nope I must go seek proper training and so that was when we were in Charlotte and after she was probably six months old I I ventured out and tried to find a teaching coven, and I did the seeker program. But just as soon as I attended one Sabbath and all was well, we moved. We relocated to uh, Greenville, where I am now. I got here, yeah. and there was there were no operating covens, stores, groups, groves. There were no coffee clashes, no meetups, no nothing. No Yahoo groups, because, you know, this is back in 2004 or three. It was nothing. Yeah. yeah. And I was just a witch on fire. I felt like I had been on fire. That that experience was very it was a catalyst for me. And the reason why I call my blog Witch on Fire is because that lightning bolt, whatever that was, that to me is the witch flame lighting up. And and I just couldn't quiet it. I couldn't dim it. And I had to find other people to talk talk about it with and so forth. So I started my own group. I was nobody, but I started on the old Yahoo Groups platform. Remember that? That ages me. Sure. I started a group oh, me too. called East. I know. I started a group called East NC Pagans, and thank goodness for Witchbox 
the old good old witchbox.com, I went and I looked up anybody that mm-hmm. had a, a personal listing on witchbox.com. And if they were anywhere within an hour drive of me, I invited them to come join me in that Yahoo group just so we could talk about things. And many people joined. It was great. And then I said, hey, let's get together for coffee at a local coffee house or a bookstore or something. And um, it was so sad for a year. Every every month on the whatever, this one day of the month that was supposed to be some regularly occurring thing, mm-hmm. I would show up at a coffee house and I'd put a tiny little sign on my on my table that said ENCP, and I told everybody that's what to look for, and then I'd sit there by myself uh-huh. for two, three hours before I'd go home. Everybody was so terrified, oh, and I'm Lord. like, look, y'all, I'm just, and I was pregnant with my second child by then. I'm like, look, I'm just, I'm a little, I'm a scrawny little white pregnant woman. I'm harmless. Please just come sit with me and have a cup of coffee and let's talk about the craft. It took years, though. Finally, I got an invitation to um, the Unitarian Universalist Congregation of Greenville. They were putting together a earth-based study group, and someone in that group got on my board, my Yahoo group, and invited us to come, and I showed up. And that's where I met all the wonderful people who ultimately became the pagan community in this area, some of which I I acknowledge in my acknowledgments, long-time friendships. I actually met a um, second-degree Wiccan priestess at that meeting, and she's acknowledged in my book. Um, her name is Starwise. And anyway, that's when it really began. It took until then, at which point, you know, I'm 30. Yeah. And uh, from there, uh, it grew and grew, and then we ended up putting together a yep. little study group called the Wisecraft Circle, and we used Timothy Roderick's Year in a Day book that we've all bought at Barnes & Noble and Christopher Penzak's Inner Temple of Witchcraft. And we just had a book club, Fantastic. and we took turns facilitating the, the meditations for each other. So it really was grassroots for me. It was very much self-initiatory. And I say self-trained, but when yep. you work with other people, even if you're a book club, everybody's got insights. You can compare notes and help each other. I wanted to ask you, since you had been raised in such a way, in such a place as South Carolina and your heritage, because it's funny, mm-hmm. you mentioned before about Jim and Tammy Faye. Do you remember Jessica Hahn? Oh, yeah. How do you not know Jessica Hahn? I went, I went to her church. Did you? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Jean Profeta. That's some tea. Jean Profeta had a church in, 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 in New York, where I'm from, and she attended that church. That's it's that's a long story, because my yeah. mother, who had started off being a pagan, wound up becoming a Pentecostal, like my father, Oof. and that's a crazy story, in and of mm-hmm. itself. But there's so many parallels that I'm seeing with you. I had my first child at 28. I had my second child at 30. Um, mm-hmm. It's just incredible, you know. I mean. But I wanted to, my question was going to be, how did your family react to such a change in in path? Or were you never really on the Christian path to begin with? Well, I did all the things you're supposed to do when you're a little kid and you don't know any better and your mother's raising you under a rock and threatening hellfire and damnation. You know, yep. the fear and admonition of the Lord is what she raised us under. And she quoted, see, she said that all the time. I'm raising you in the fear and admonition mm-hmm. of the Lord. And then my kids came along. You need to raise your children in the and I'm like, fear and admonition? You mean like admonishment, like you're a naughty girl, you know, like the wagging finger of doom. I'm like, hell no, I'm not gonna do that. Oh yes. So by the time see, here's yeah. the here's the how it had to happen. And this is sad. My mother passed away tragically in uh two thousand and seven. Until she passed That's away, true. I kept all this under wraps. It was my personal business. I didn't talk to her about it. I went on my merry way and did my thing. But the year that she passed away suddenly from a cerebral hemorrhage in her brain, obviously her cerebral, um, she died instantly, which was shocking because she was only 59 and in perfect health when it happened. Um, But until then, I had 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 my first initiation, self-initiation, after my first year and a day of study with a little study group. And I can, and I had dedicated to fire that year. Holy moly! I dedicated to working with fire energies alone that year. 
That'll mm. light your fires, too. <laughs> I don't recommend that that be the first thing that a new initiate uh, focus on. Not quite yet. Make that the last thing you dedicate to. But my mentor of mine at the time, mm-hmm. a woman named uh, Diana Rice, she ran a group out of um, the Triangle area called the Lunatic Fringe for a lifetime, and she was amazing. And she said, you know, you don't have a lot of fire in your chart, and I really see that you could use you know, some of that good fiery energy, so she suggested it. And I ended up, by the end of that year of fire, I had um, had to deal with and take charge of the, the handling of my mother's funeral and the dealing with that grief. I started to see that my marriage needed to come to an end and I needed to deal with that. I was a stay-at-home mother at the time, and I knew that if I was, if all that's happening, I need to, to go back to work. And so I decided by the end of that year to open the store and to commit my life to not only building the pagan witchcraft community, but to mm-hmm. serving spirit. Um, my goal eventually to become a priestess, to, to, to make this my life work. I wanted to be clergy, the equivalent of clergy. Mm-hmm. And um, that was my year of fire. But I would not have been able to do any of that if my mother had been alive because, let me tell you what, she would have never ended her crusade for my soul, never. And she was a fiery mm-hmm. Sagittarius. And I love my mother. I do. But we had a troubled relationship because uh-huh. she could not let it drop. It was always Jesus all the time. And uh, we just didn't yep. agree on things. But the minute she died and was in spirit, there are no secrets. Yep. And she came straight to right. me. She came straight to me and she grabbed a hold of me by the third eye. And that, I mean, that's that's really where I figured out that I had some knack for clairvoyance, psychism. She grabbed hold of me and did mm-hmm. not let go until until we threw that those roses onto her casket and they started shoveling the dirt in. I, she did not let go for a week, and she guided me around and just sort of kept playing this little. I called it the film strip. You know, back in the day in elementary school, you'd watch a film strip on the, you know, projected on the wall. You are and. It was like she, there were things she wanted me to remember, and it was playing in my mind nonstop. I couldn't stop it for like that week. There was things she wanted me to do, things she wanted me to take care of, things she wanted me to say in her eulogy. And I'm here to tell you there was a couple times I think she possessed me. It's crazy, but I was standing there with my whole family in Paducah, Kentucky, in my grandmother's living room, and the pastor and the minister of music and all these people from her church are there, whole family's there. I watched myself like I'm sitting in the back seat of my own car, walk mm-hmm. up to her minister and offer to give the eulogy. Wow. Meanwhile, I'm in the back seat screaming, what are you talking about? You know, nobody can hear me. I offer, he accepts, I turn around and walk away. I'm like, holy crap, what have I done? But she, there were things she wanted me to say, so I ended up delivering the eulogy, taking care of things. The whole week was just psychic. But she knew me completely for who I was the minute she died, and there was no problem, no problem. And from there, she haunted me. Wow. Her life insurance money came down, trickled down to me as you know, from her will. And you know how you play that game? What would you do if you ever got a sudden, suddenly a big pot of money? My, my game sure. was then I'd open a witchcraft store, and I get this pot of money, and I'm like, what am I going to do with it? And she goes, you open that store. So you can get away from your husband. So I used my evangelical mother's life insurance money to open a witchcraft store. And then she haunted it for five straight years as the loving maternal ghost in the hallway that children could see. (laughs) Everybody could see psychics in and out of that building all day. Everybody for five years who could see a ghost came in. Did you know there is a very matronly maternal woman in the hallway loving on you and talking to people, the little children? So Uh anyway, ultimately, with the help of the medium, I helped her go into the light. And let me tell you, this is the miracle of the thing. So this medium helped me talk to her. And my mother kept repeating, I'm so sorry. I didn't know then, but I know now, and you're right, and I'm so sorry. Please forgive me. And she would repeat that over and over again. And I'm like, no, what? Anyway, she goes, it's not like I thought you were right. Please forgive me. And I'm like, I do forgive you. I do forgive you. Please go on into the light. Look, I'll join you soon. It's all divine love. Don't worry. It'll be fine. 
And off she went. And not a soul has seen her haunting our store since then. Anyway, I thank wow. my mother very much. That's she's acknowledged in the dedication. She's Sandra. Mm-hmm. She did in her death and as a spirit encouraged me to live authentically. Wow. Isn't that amazing? See, and, you know, I also believe that when we die, um, we become part of the great knowledge. I call it the great knowledge, which is, Indeed. oh, everything is 100% clear. We all understand mm-hmm. each other, and all of the misunderstandings dissolve because you can see the actual heart of what was going on, sometimes because of the words, sometimes in spite of the words. This mm-hmm. is so. I I hope you write an autobiography someday because what a story! That's amazing. Yeah, I really do want to write a memoir called Witch on Fire and tell all these stories. I do. You really should because you and and the audio book would be out of sight because I love. Mm-hmm. This, it's not just the way you write because you write a lot the way you speak, and mm-hmm. I love the way impart a story and how you impart information and the whole thing about passing down information about the craft or any kind of practice has to be delivered in such a way that people want to hear it has to be delivered Mm -hmm. in such a way that people can understand it has to be delivered Mm -hmm. in such a way that the initial elements are present when you start as opposed mm-hmm. to the assumption being made that you already have all this information previously. That is why I love this book so much, because you do all of that. And the way you deliver uh-huh. it is so spectacular and beautiful. I have to encourage folks, this book is so amazing. It is everything you could possibly ask for, even for someone who's just interested um, from a, even a pre-seeker standpoint, someone who's just even curious um, about mm-hmm. the past. It's, it's just such a beautiful, beautiful book, and it's such a great reference book, too. You can go back and just look for pretty much everything, and it's in here. <laughs> I mean, the book is... <laughs> The book is not small. The book is uh, over 400, over 440 pages, and it's, it's stunning. And it makes pages. a great 80 pages. Yes, it's huge. It is huge. huge. I would not be afraid to use this as a weapon um, <laughs> under the right circumstances. But, you know, you said something earlier that I wanted to talk about um, because it's something that comes up a lot, I find. Uh, especially with pagans who have any kind of a public presence, and that's imposter syndrome. And Mm -hmm. I find that a lot of the time, because I don't think being a public pagan makes us any different from anybody else, Mm -hmm. but just the idea of, wow, people like this. Do they really like this? Is it just mm-hmm. in my head? What is it about us that makes us question when people tell us they like what we're doing or appreciate what we're doing? Or we're, Is it a lack of confidence? Is it the way we were raised? Is it because perhaps some women were trained to be, you know, quiet and, you know, you little lady don't you'll stand in the corner mm-hmm. Uh, I think a lot of it is because I had a preacher father who thought not much of me at all and let me know that he had wished for a son and was very disappointed that he did not get one. Oh, that's fine. That's not Um, very nice. Again, well, he was not a very nice person, but again, he is now also part of the great knowledge, so we're hoping. Um, He has not come Mm -hmm. to visit, which is very disappointing. My mother, interestingly enough, is still alive and is still mad at me because I am a witch and I do not oh. and have, well, do not, I have not raised my children in the church as she so had desired. And I'm like, you know what? I think in religion are very personal things in the sense of mm-hmm. I would not want someone telling me 
how to live my life in the privacy of my home or bedroom. I feel the same mm-hmm. way about my spiritual life. I do, you know, while I will share it, I don't want someone telling me how to do it. Therefore, right. I think people should be raised um, as freely to think as possible to discover on their own what path they would like to take. Mm-hmm. What do you think? Well, as far as the imposter syndrome, I think my I think my major malfunction, which I need to get over, and I am getting over, I suppose, is I think maybe because of um, coming along, I really did. Maybe I don't know. Maybe it's my Virgo in innards. I have a Virgo moon and rising credentials. I was raised where, you know, you have to have the credentials. You have to have the degree, the letters beside your name. You need to have your certifications, which I went and got all those things in my original profession and then turned around and surrendered them all as soon as that childbirth issue happened. And I was like, oh, my my flame is alight for something else now. I surrendered all my credentials. But anyway, um, I really did want the old traditional Wiccan path. I was waiting for the for 10 years. I was waiting for the Wiccan priest or priestess mm-hmm. straight from London. I don't know what, you know, whatever, straight from England or some downline from Gardner or Dream Valiente or the Sanders or whomever to show up in town, mm-hmm. sit up like a guru on a mountaintop and invite people to come and sit at their knee and bestow upon them their, their lineage and empowerment and so forth. I mean, I bought that whole line of this is how you become a Wiccan, yeah. and I wanted to be a Wiccan more than anything. It was beautiful to me. Mm-hmm. It is beautiful to me. And that's how you went about it, and I respect that. And that's what I was looking for. But I'm in South Carolina. I did know some people that mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure were legit Wiccans. I knew where they were after a while. But when I came around, nobody yeah. was offering to teach me. I don't know why. No one said, right. hey, you got to come. No one told me I had to knock on the door three times and be denied twice before third to let me in. I hear that's the way in the old world, but I didn't know that. I was like, oh, well, it's a private club and maybe I don't qualify. And I just went off sad about it. And everywhere I went, I would look for these things. And occasionally I would seek with a group. Like I said, the one in Charlotte, I, I left before. They weren't even Wiccans. But anyway, I left before we could even get very far because I moved. There was another group uh, that came to Greenville, and I interviewed with them. And it was very clear by the second interview that we were not a good match. And that made me very sad, but I was pregnant with my second child at the time. And one of their requirements was 100% attendance to everything. There were no excuses. There was no reason that you can't be there. And if you miss for any reason whatsoever, you got one warning, and then on the second one you were booted. And I was pregnant. I'm like, well, what am I supposed to do if I go into childbirth or while I'm recovering? And they were like, tough patootie, those are, those are the rules. And I'm like, well, I don't know that I'm going to be able to do much with this anyway because I'm pregnant. And ultimately, they, I was like, I should withdraw. I'm telling myself I should withdraw my application, whatever, my mm-hmm. secret And then they rejected me. We don't think we're a good match. And I'm like, well, well spotted. Good job. Ultimately, we became very good friends, those, that, those people. I was never inside their coven or their training. But in the outer community, we became um, associates and would work together for more outer court kind of things. And ultimately, they trained me in quite a lot of wonderful things when it came to, like, ritual technique and posture and language and all of that. They did it in kind of a open-to-the-community way. And I've cited them mm-hmm. and thanked them in the acknowledgments. So they were very important to me. But what I'm getting at is that I always wanted those those official credentials, and I never got them. And everything that I have accomplished is because I just I just never gave up studying it myself and kind of going directly to spirit and going, Hell, hey, reveal this thing to me, how some other way. And then it would, and then I might meet some priest or priestess later down the line, and I'd ask them questions, and they'd go, why are you asking me about this? This is sort of oath-bound stuff I'm not supposed to talk about. And I'm like, okay, well, just tell me if I'm on the right track. And I'd tell them what I'd figured out, and they would just kind of look at me and wink. You're fine. <laughs> you know? And I'm like, mm-hmm. oh, so I guess I'm figuring it out on my own. Yeah. So anyway, that's how that's how we arrive here. No, I, totally, I totally appreciate everything you just said. I, I actually met my mentor when I was 16. I already had some experience 
experience. I had a grandmother who continued to practice until she died, in spite of the fact that her old, oldest child rejected it. Um, mm. You know, and I asked to be I asked to be initiated, and I summarily got laughed at, um, but adopted mm-hmm. at the same time. It, like, yeah, you're not ready. You don't even know what you're asking for. And they were right. I was 16 and a <laughs> child. Um, mm-hmm. I lovingly had a mentor who who I was blessed to have for 12 years until my initiation. And I actually got to live with his family. Um, mm. And it was a wonderful experience and a very rare one. And I appreciate how lucky I was. Um but by the same token, I'm I'm very cautious about things that sound like gatekeeping. I'm very concerned mm-hmm. about the exclusion that no matter who you are, you wound, you wind up getting excluded from some area of paganism. And I, mm-hmm. I don't understand it. <laughs> I mean, I don't either. I feel the whole very point excluded, is, Raina. Yeah, I know, and, and that bothers me a great deal to to feel that kind of rejection in the one place where we're supposed to we're supposed to love you and take you in no matter what. That's that was you right. know a lot of what drew us to this path. The fact that we could be our freaky selves. In our heads, mm-hmm. you know, whether we were socially awkward or or having imposter syndrome or just mm-hmm. trying to escape Christianity um, into mm-hmm. a place that we felt like was home, I, I just, I struggle with what I see these days of how vicious pagans can be to each other. And I understand, listen, I am Gardnerian and I am Wiccan, and that mm-hmm. gets a horrific rap. It is the, somebody, I can't remember who said it, but somebody once told me you're the GOP of the pagan world, and I laughed. And it's sad. Yeah, it's sad, but it's kind of true. Because if you you see enough older, older, older Gardnerians or older, older Wiccans, they still hold to the original tenets. My mentor said we were actually more Gardenias than Gardnerians. (laughs) Because we didn't, we we weren't that extreme, you know, as far as the, there was no, if you don't show up two or three times your boot, there was no booting, there was no exclusion, Mm -hmm. you know, if you were willing to learn, they were willing to teach. I was very, very lucky. So, I'm very resentful. Yeah, it is, because I get very resentful when I hear about folks saying, well, you're not a real fill-in-the-blank. It's not your job to to determine for the rest of us who's real, who's not real. So I totally appreciate where you came from. I totally appreciate how you got to where you are. I am fascinated by you. I love your story. I think you're a tremendous, tremendous writer. I can't wait for your Thank next you. book. I have to visit well, the store. Please see the store. No, I have to do an ad for the store now. Hold on. Um, oh, so, Thank you. Whole Earth Provisions in Greenville, North Carolina, a beautiful store, the yep. first one of its kind in the area. Get there. Mm-hmm. Get your product. Get your magical supplies, please. Um I haven't even been there yet, and I'm dying to to visit. I'm in Charlotte, so it's, it's a little. I know. I have to. I have to come see you. Um, come on over, because I've really expanded recently. That which is fantastic, have... but that has not been without its challenges, though, right? I mean, you've had some stuff oh, gosh, happen yeah. at your store. Oh, it's been you know? very exciting. I mean, Thirteen for... years. Yeah. I bet. <laughs> Yeah, we have, we are doing extremely well now though. I have to say that um I think that the 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 demand for witchcraft and the awareness of witchcraft, thank I guess thanks to social media things like which is Instagram and TikTok, I don't know, 
the demand has finally caught mm-hmm. up to our supply, and we're actually doing quite well. We've been wow. able to open even a web a web store now. We never had a web presence. We were just brick and mortar because our, our primary goal was to be a temple, you know, like a, an open, publicly mm-hmm. accessible pagan haven is what I call it, it with a classroom mm-hmm. and a meeting space and, and treatment and divination areas, that kind of thing. That was our main goal. The retail was just the means to the end, you know, to pay the rent. And plus you need things for witchcraft. So that, I, it was like the, if, if a church and, a pagan temple in Cracker Barrel had a love child kind of thing, you know, have the have the, the <laughs> store up front and whatever. Anyway, so that was our main goal. And when we put the stuff out there, originally the retail part was much more sort of just global stuff, a lot of just, you know, interesting things from India. Or I was belly dancing at the time, so belly dancing costumes and instruments and so forth. And yeah. My children were younger, so yeah. we had more of focus on, like, sustainable toys. But the the tiny little section on witchcraft that we included and kept on, like, a bottom shelf, that was what everyone demanded. Month after month, that's mm-hmm. what sold out. That's what everybody wanted. And slowly but surely, I weaned out, you know, I just weeded out all the other sustainable living stuff, parenting, whatever, the cloth diapers and whatnot, and just got more and more witchcraft. And so we are a full-on magical supply, spiritual supply store now. No secrets, no hiding. The witchcraft is in the front window. And, you know, we've had a really Mm -hmm. good time of it. You'd think that with a church on every corner, we'd have had a harder time. There have been some funny incidents, things that, you know, there's when it comes to whack job evangelicals on the sidewalk with a sign – or whatever, that there's no such thing as bad press. They think they're hurting us. They're helping uh-huh. us. It's hysterical. Right. I can point I can point the moment that our profits started to double monthly was the day that a street preacher showed up with a camera for his YouTube channel. He's called um E C Street Preacher and he took he sat up shop outside of our store one Saturday with a sign and a camera. And I went out and started talking to him. Well, we all did, Courtney, who's my manager. And, and we, we went out and just started talking to him. And he put the whole thing on his YouTube, and it went viral. It was awesome. I talked to him for probably wow. 45 minutes about it, every manner of thing. And even his own followers on his page were like, dude, she totally owned you on Bible knowledge. <laughs> it was hilarious. Because I studied all that but stuff isn't that for you know, 18 years. It's, but yeah. isn't it interesting? Most of us who are in the craft have studied the Bible. I find it fascinating mm-hmm. that we have such a big, broad knowledge of something that mm-hmm. tries to come against us through interpretation. And I really mm-hmm. think the Bible is not a bad book. It is the interpretation of of men trying to land grab and you know keep mm-hmm. women under their thumbs that has made mm-hmm. this entire thing us versus them. Um, yes. But I I you know it also speaks to you as a person because of your calm demeanor and your very <laughs> fact based argument and I I. I just feel like you are this one person who does not – I have a temper. I get really heated. I get really upset. I get very angry. I do have rage issues. I admit them. Uh, they're only verbal, <laughs> fortunately. Um, but I could not conduct the same kind of conversation. This is why we need more people like you who are thoughtful who are researched, mm. who are measured, and able to have these conversations with people that would like to put us to death in some cases. So I really yeah. appreciate that about you. I think that is one of your superpowers <laughs> for sure. Thanks. Well, I did get a little stabby. I did get a little stabby with this guy. I mean, my, my weakness you? is sarcasm occasionally. And he just stepped mm-hmm. right in it a couple times. And then he, when he posted his video, he 
I think he titled it something like Pagan Priestess is Rude to EC. It's <laughs> unwelcome or something like that. I'm like, okay, dude, whatever. But it it really did. Uh, the good news is that um, because I had been to Mystic South that year, I knew Heather Green, and she was working with the, the Wild Hunt at the time. And she saw it on my Facebook, uh-huh. all this footage and everything. And she did a story for the Wild Hunt, and that blew it up. And then it was picked up by the major news sources. And uh, we have been basically doubling our numbers every year ever since. So I'm grateful to this street preacher. I have invited him to yeah. come back like a good Southern woman. I said, look, honey, you come back. I'll bring the sweet tea and some pie, and we'll sit out front with your camera, and we'll discuss theology. And he refuses to come back. I'm so sad. Wow, you owned him. He was fun. Okay, good. I did. And I love you know have I, you ever seen have you ever seen the videos of a heron hunting a bird? Heron? They are slow no, and steady and calculating and sly. Yep. And then when they either prey, they jab that beak like a sword with lightning fast strike. They throw their head back and can swallow an entire crocodile in a gulp. And that's me. Yep, that's that me. is you. <laughs> that's me. I must admit, the first time I met that's you, me. I was looking at you from across the lobby mm-hmm. at the hotel at Mystic mm-hmm. South, and I said to myself, she's so interesting and so super smart. I wonder if she's going to lob my head off. I'm going to go up and say <laughs> hello anyway. And you were so nice. You were so absolutely oh, nice to me. <laughs> I remember it well. I do remember I, it well. Just, well, that's the thing. I'm nice to everybody yep. until you give me a reason not to be. And even then, well, I, I'm I not have, mean. <laughs> you're not mean. But I had seen somebody get in your crosshairs in person, mm-hmm. and it, I, I just remember you cutting your eyes at this person and me stepping back because I'm like, those laser beams are coming in this direction, and she may not mean it for me, but I'm going to get hurt if I don't back up. So <laughs> you're powerful. You are very powerful, and you get a lot of my respect because I recognized it immediately, and I said, oh, God, I hope she doesn't hate me. I hope I can no. have her on the show someday. Here we oh, are. Oh, my goodness. I don't hate later. anybody. <laughs> I really don't. No, I don't of hate anybody. Not. I pity a few fools. I pity a few fools. I do. I might feel <laughs> sorry for a couple of folks, but I don't hate them. And you know, it, I don't have enemies. I think there's. I just don't have time for that. I release entirely. I can release. I can cut and detach from. So, oh, so fast, yeah. so easy. Uh, that's that's a superpower, yeah. I suppose, at this point. But I'm just too old for that mess. I'm too old for that mess. I'll be 48 in March, and I'm over it. There's just none of that. Left. I don't have any space for that anymore. No petty drama. No passive-aggressive yeah. action. Can't take it. Yeah, uh, I, I completely agree. I would rather you hate me to my face. Please, just do us both a favor. It's so much easier to just know who you're getting up front and it's a yes or a no. Have a nice day. No hard feelings. Bye bye. Uh-huh. But in the few minutes That's right. I have call- left, because I, yeah. I have talked your ear off for almost an hour now. Thanks uh-huh. for not being mad at me. Um, I do uh-huh. want to know what's coming up for you at, at the shop. Do you have classes coming? Mm-hmm. Are you going to be public in places and where people can get a signed mm-hmm. copy of the book? What's happening. What is your schedule? Well, I'll be honest, with the whole COVID uncertainty, there hasn't been a whole lot of scheduling of anything in person, though I would say to the wider world, anyone who has a bookstore or a venue or a conference or a festival, if you plan to be in person, hit me up. I'd I'd be Mm -hmm. happy to come and support the book and teach and so forth. Um, I do have a book signing at the Sojourner uh, scheduled for Wednesday, December 22nd. That'll be the last time before the holiday break. Uh, we do. We will have mm-hmm. a mountain of books by then, thankfully, that we can sell. I've also, uh, we do have a website, like I said, thesojo.com. If you click on web shop, we can ship anywhere in the U.S. anything. And I do sign all the books. 
I do plan to be at Mystic South next year. I have been accepted for um, presenting. Well, no, that's not true. I have pre- I have submitted workshops, but I've taught there the last three times I've went gone. So I assume I'll have something to teach, and I plan to be there. And um, there are a couple other festivals and conferences that have uh, called me about their online versions over the last few years. And I have to just confess that I've, I, I do not feel I can offer my best work in that format. I really want to be in person. So when things decide to go hmm. in person, I'd like to be available for that. I have a hard time with the digital interface and the energies I don't feel like okay. that's my most magical presentation. Um, when I'm doing actual teaching and and spiritual training work, I really want to share space. And so I guess I've been a little shy about taking the online platform invitations. But anyway, I, I'm trying to put myself out there. I am planning to do some, some um, lectures at the very least. On uh, like for the YouTube channel for maybe a Patreon, I'm going to do some videos of me at least teaching the content from the first two sections of the book, um, which is just the teachy parts. But when we get into actual magical energy work, I'd like to be in person. So we'll see about that. I I am considering doing an in-person series starting maybe late spring, early summer of 2022, but that would be for the local area. And uh, wow. Beyond that, um, I'm, I'd just like to make myself available for, you know, at, by request, I guess. That's always what I've done. I've done a lot of traveling to to other communities in the past when I was just the blog. So I guess the invitation's open. HeronMichelle.com has all of my contact information. Wow. Okay. You know, that's brilliant. And I'm so excited about seeing you at Mystic South in mm-hmm. July. Uh, Me too. I certainly hope that things get more under control. I so appreciate you coming on for the hour. Again, the book is Elemental Witchcraft, A Guide to Living a Magical Life Through the Elements, the Pentacle Path. The author is such a wonderful person, the amazing Heron Michelle. Uh, please, please, please get the book. Please check out her blog on Pathios Pagan, Witch on Fire, um, witchonfire.net. Check out the Sojourner Whole Earth Provisions. It's fantastic from what I've heard. In Greenville, North Carolina, the online presence, sojo.com or .net? Thesojo.com. Thesojo.com. So you don't even have to show up in person. You can get products online. Fantastic. Heron, I really hope I can convince you to come back on in the new year just to just to talk and hopefully oh, talk about it. your next book. Oh, I would yeah. Love so it I too. do have to, uh, two – there's two more books in the Pinnacle Path series, and Lunar Witchcraft is due to Llewellyn by Summer Solstice. That's the next thing coming up. Yeah, okay. We'll all we'll we'll go ahead and plan that. That's wonderful. Yes. This book is such a gift. Please, if you have a pagan in your life, if you have somebody who's interested in witchcraft in your life, I can think of no better book um to be inviting and welcoming like Elemental Witchcraft. It is a big open arm hug from if you believe in the great mother and the great father which i do that is exactly how i felt when i started reading this book it is such a gift to the world and heron i so look forward to seeing you soon and your next thank you again so much for coming on no thank you Raina. this has been a joy you're a wondrous friend and i i do look forward to spending more time in real life together as soon as possible me too Me too. Have a wonderful night, and we will talk soon. Indeed. All righty. Okay, everybody, I will be back tomorrow with Danielle Dion. Haven't spoken to her in quite a while. We're just going to have a chat and a visit. Join us at noon tomorrow, and we'll see you then. Have a wonderful night.
With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.